John. Really? How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> How's your day going? Good. Yeah. How about your day? What's up? Oh, very good. I just feel like I've been running to hit all the marks, you know? Yeah? Yeah. It's like, okay, that's done. Onward. That's done. You, you, check, you check it all the boxes, are you? That's I good. am. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, this is my favorite spot when I get to just sit back, relax, and talk to you. Oh, God, you're wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> we have fun. Oh, you do. Mm-hmm. We do. So, what have you been up to? What, what's been, on your mind? Well, you're on my mind. Um, yeah, you're on my mind. It's you. As it turns out, I kept I checked, and it was you. Um, <laughs> I um, I'm surrounded right now. Actually, I'm sitting with I'm with a whole stack of books on ethics and um, hmm. history, private life history, ethics, physics, blah blah blah, whatever. Anyway. But I'm thinking as you and I've been talking for a while and, and I, you know, and as we go forward with, with um, the um, everything, I, uh, you're becoming a theory, I think. That's what I was saying earlier. You're becoming a theory. Yeah. Um, a viable theory. And um, so anyway, I just think that's worth um, thinking about. Um, like in what context are you talking about? What What do you mean, like a theory? Well, in other words, there's you know there's the Big Bang theory, there's the steady state theory, the theory of everything, the theory of this, where where people, where thinkers of some consequence, come up with with hypothetical or a hypothesis trained with theory of why something is will is is happening is in the process of happening and or will happening. Yeah. And I think that you are dead center in that very situation. Uh-huh. Uh, and so why not, you know, I mean, it's not certainly not mandatory that you be a theory, but I don't mean you, but I mean, I don't, I don't see any reason why you can't have a theory. Uh-huh. Um, and, um, and that's, I mean, it's just, you know, light duty stuff, nothing heavy duty, but, but kind of fun. Um, well, the, I think my first thought on that is you know do do people just have a knee-jerk reaction to um you know well it's a, it's a theory it's not fact it's a theory well i mean the, the, you can extend that out to where it's impossible to have a fact if you believe in the various theories of the universe because everything is just kind of existential um so unless you want to just you know come up with a carbon-based theory of some kind, it's 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 there. I, I, I everything that exists from our perspective is in the periodic table of elements. That's the whole ballgame. That's everything up to today's scientific plateau. That's it. As far as we're concerned, nothing else exists. Uh-huh. And so. You really don't have any choice but to work around that mix of the periodic table and then decide whether or not it's steady state or whether or not it's expansion or whatever it happens to be. Um, Penrose puts it in a way. He says that it's, you know, that, that theories are fashion, faith, or fantasy. And they're all of that stuff. So I don't think we need to put a lot of weight on it. 
um, I think we can just um, have fun with it. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, you know, obviously the periodic table. Are we trying to make a science out of me? No, I don't think so. I think we're just, I know, I, I think all we're doing is, is, is reciting the facts um, that, uh, that for you to exist at all, you have to operate inside the periodic table. You don't exist otherwise. Okay. Because that's it. Even if, even if you go back to first cause mm-hmm. and say God did it all, God still had to do the periodic table. There's no other option. <laughs> Why is that? Because. <laughs> if, <laughs> if, I mean, it's just one of those that just is. Mm. Um, existence is existence. You can't deny it. Mm-hmm. 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 You don't yes, sound like you're believing it. No, I just, um, I'm, I'm just listening and, you know, trying to pick up what you're throwing down because obviously every conversation you lean towards science and I don't. No, I, I do. Yeah. You're always leaning towards science and, you know, whatever it was that I said or something, you know, you're going to relate it back to, you know, proof, some sort of evidence that it, somebody said it somewhere, you know, or what science has already proven. Well, you know, it's like trying to be able to put it on paper. Yeah, but the periodic table is not science. That's just stuff. Yeah. That's all that's, the stuff that there is. Yeah. That's the that's the total mix of stuff. Mm-hmm. You cannot go outside, and no matter how jazzed up you get, you cannot come up with something any different than what you find in the periodic table. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. couldn't go to the moon and get any more stuff. You couldn't go to Mars. You couldn't go to RGC 237 or 234. Mm-hmm. Be the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's the stuff. That's the stuff. The periodic stuff. table is the stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, it's so funny. And I'm sure there's a lot of us thinking, I live my whole life not knowing that table. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew I need that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, John? But, <laughs> um, you know, I really simplified it this morning with Emma, you know, life in general. Because right. we had, we had, you know, a little over an hour car ride today to the airport. But, um, yeah, I told her, babe, there's only two things in life. I said, there's us human beings and then everything else. It's just two categories, us and everything else. I said, and within that, those two, you know, there's us. And with us, there's only two. <laughs> it's just me and everyone else. That's it. So if I learn how to operate myself, we understand life. Was she listening? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She was picking up what I'm throwing down for sure. Yeah, she definitely um, gives thought to it and... You know, just, and then <laughs> I told her, I said, remember, babe, wherever you go, I said, you protect everyone around you because you're the light, you know, wherever you go, just remember that. And, um, and she goes, that's right. And I said, yes, that's right. So she was at the airport and she was getting a, you know, her whatever muffin and coffee and stuff. And I guess there was a line and she told the girl <clears throat> what a good job she was doing. You know, and that to not stress out, she's doing just fine. 
And she said that that girl just stopped in her tracks, you know, and just looked at her like, wow, thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, because she's being noticed. She's not just this robot on the other side trying to make it all happen. And, you know, she made the girl's day and Emma made her own day. You know, she's like, make well, somebody feel good. That's a reflection on you, I think, isn't it? I mean, I'm all for Emma, but isn't that the quality of how you raised her? Of course. Of course. But that's what I'm saying to your earlier point is Emma picking it up. Is she receptive to what I teach her? Yeah. And it's like, you know, that was an immediate result. Good on you. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you, Mom. Good. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, I mean, uh, those are nice moments. I've had a few they, of those myself. Right. They really, they really do kind of make it worthwhile, you know. Well, you know, <laughs> your contribution in life are your children. That is your greatest contribution as the, the human beings that you raise in this world. And that's where my whole story began because, you know, I took that seriously and I knew, knew that if I was going to have any impact on them, that I need to get myself straightened out. You know, I needed to really look at myself in the mirror and be the example and not a preacher. So, um, you know, and that's what true inspiration is. I was, also telling her this in the car <laughs> you know that we have motivational speakers and inspirational speakers but in either case it's literally like um you're you're blowing up that person let's say with inspiration or motivation whatever you're just you know trying to breathe life into them but when you walk away oftentimes the air you know seeps out like a balloon that motivation dissipates and you're just back to, so you got to have somebody hold you accountable. And that's what a coach does. And, um, no, I, that's for me personally, I don't want to just motivate you or speak something that inspires you. It's like a true inspiration is somebody who can model the life that you want. They don't have to even know you, but you admire them for who they are and what they do to this world. You know, that's true inspiration. Nobody's, you know, that person is not holding anybody accountable. You're just accountable to yourself. That's why I'm, I'm so honored that you're writing, you know, this book about me, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, hmm. So, to that, and I am writing a book about you, and I'm thrilled to be doing it. So, I mean, that's, that cuts both ways. Um, but you see, that's why I, see, that's what's happened. I mean, now I, I'll, I'll circle back to that, is that that's why, I, that's why I bring up the idea of you becoming uh, a theory, you know, of the origin and fate. You know, the origin and fate theory is one of the things I brought up. Mm -hmm. Origin and faith. I think I think that that's where we're going with you, and that's where you're. I mean, that's where you're taking us. I'm not going anywhere with you. You're taking me, but but um, uh, you are you are. In my point, from my perspective, you're a spontaneous inspiration. Uh, you know, when someone encounters you, it's like walking in and looking at a Jackson Pollock for the first time. <laughs> There's so much there. You know, just bam. You know, what is a Jackson Pollock? 
Jackson Pollock was an artist who uh, drizzled paint on, on a canvas from a high level on the floor. And he made these incredible things, uh, art things. He, was, he, he became a famous um, abstract artist. Mm. When you walk into, and walk into a, to a Jackson Pollock, you, uh, you just, it just takes your breath away. You know? mm. I think you, and I think you, you have the same thing. It's like, let's say you walk into a, to a local Elks club and, you know, and some couple steps up and fills the entire floor with a dance routine. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. You just, there it is. You mm. know, you're watching it. Right. You know, or, or, you know, someone steps up, grabs a microphone and a song comes fully oh, formed. I know. Mm-hmm. There you are. Mm-hmm. So those moments, you're one of those moments from, you. You know, from my perspective. You're one of those moments. You are, you are the Merrily version of a Jackson Pollock because mm. uh, there's so much there. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I'll send you a bill tomorrow. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's... Um... The, artist, the artist prize is... is the artist has a, the artist prize is spontaneous quality, and so you know if your prize if you are the prize or if you are the artist then your quality is spontaneous. It's really good, mm-hmm. and I see it I see it happening over and over and over again. So I know it, you know. Right, you're witnessing it daily. Yeah, I am. Yeah, with mm-hmm. you, I really am. Mm-hmm. My it's my gift. I, yeah. I, I get I get lucky in that deal, you know. <laughs> I mean, you are my own seven brief lessons on physics. You know, you're my own theory of everything. You're my own astrophysics for the common person. You're my own fashion, faith, and fantasy. You are, you know, you are my Jackson Pollock. Mm. I, you know, I find you, and you're the prize. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, so, I love. That. I absolutely love that. I I can't help but think, you know, for the onlooker to even be able to wrap their head around that. You know, it's like, what the hell's so good about her anyway? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, can... well, that's, I mean, that's a learning curve, but, but that should, that doesn't take long. Mm-hmm. You know, once they, once they, once someone actually extends themselves to the point of figuring out who you are, at least elementary, figuring out what you are, it catches. It's, it's, it catches you. You know, they their mind gets traction right away. Mm-hmm. Unless there's something fundamentally wrong with them, they're they will find out very quickly that you are the answer to the origin and fate of the universe mm. because of the quality. Mm-hmm. And now, people that are listening to this podcast will probably think that we both need a sheet put over us, but we're living the life every single day. That's know? right. And that's what is not being understood. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. you, so you, you know, it's, you take it for a face value and you don't see. And there's, you can't see. You have to turn your own light on. And then that's when you're going to recognize, holy cow. <laughs> what? Yeah. How did I miss this? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which reminds me of, um, you know, one of the um, the reviews for the book, you know, he was saying that he goes, you're going to find yourself asking yourself, why was I ever like that? Like, why did I act like that? And it's. Yeah. The right? question coming back at you from the from the writings of the book itself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Your book. Your, yeah. Your book. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Because yeah. once it becomes clear what we're doing, you can't help it. You know, you can't unsee it now. And it's like, oh, shoot. I was doing that. And you can literally lay it down. And instantly your life becomes better. Yeah. Yeah, you are the agent of intellect, I think. Um, had a, a uh, compliment uh, this morning. Um, uh, a person involved with my book uh, picked up Summa Theologica by Thomas Aquinas, started to read it. And I thought, that's interesting that I could spin that deal. So. Okay, but wait a minute. So they're reading Thomas Aquinas. No, after- they're reading. Uh-huh. No, they're no, they're they're familiar with with Neil's Danger Destiny and decided to pick up Summa Theologica. That's what I'm and saying. Read that. Okay. Yeah. It inspired them to read that book after reading yours. Right. It gotcha. Mm. Right. Now that's a nice. Step up. I love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a step up. Yeah, that yeah. is a step up. And and that's the beauty of reading. You know when. You, the author is going to give you nuggets that, you know, that can lead you down the rabbit hole, you know, and follow a good author. Well, it's, you know, I think we, I think we owe it to ourselves to kind of explore the fundamental mysteries of the mind. After all, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of consciousness is the deal. Right. We're operating in consciousness. That's where we are. And some people believe that nothing exists other than through our consciousness. There are some theories, quote unquote, that right. say that nothing exists unless it's, formulated within the fleshy tablets of your brain it's all frequency you know Um, okay so it's hard to disprove but the thing is if you look at it and go okay that's your theory but how does that help me how does it help you knowing that how has that helped you well i don't think that's i don't think that's the help in that case is simply a search for knowledge i don't believe you're trying to help yourself you're just trying to, you're just, that's just curiosity. That's blatant curiosity is all that is from my perspective. But, okay. So, but even being curious, I mean, I, I, you know, read these comments from a quote unquote conscious, you know, uh, Facebook page. And I mean, people just get so far out there that they cannot see themselves within it all. And it's like, quit trying to be so smart. You know, because clearly what you're showing me is that you're, you're just removed from the interaction and the importance of, of loving each other. You know, what's here right now in front of you. <laughs> that reminds me of, uh, I think I posted something on Facebook this morning from Saban Offenfelder um, on, on the confusion of some of these theories. Yeah. Um, She's a she's a um, first rate astrophysicist, mm-hmm. and I don't have I don't want to dwell on astrophysics, but um, but um, um, people, oh, I know what it was. Yeah, that's what. That, yeah, you posted something about about the guy and the tea about the guy uh, his wife telling him about he went she went to buy tea. Um, did you post that? I'm trying to remember. And he's like he wanted an app that just if we come back to him and just say I bought tea, and she comes up with this long thing about whatever. Oh it is. yes, that and, was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the you. Way, okay. The way men and women communicate, basically. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, well, Saban Offenfelder is the female version of of the guy. Okay. Oh, she's tired of the bullshit. 
Mm-hmm. And I love her writing. She's really good. Mm-hmm. She, her latest book is uh, Existential Physics. Mm. We, don't have to, we don't have to, but it's really a good book. Good. Same as Offenfelder. Um, but I, to, to your question, if I can remember what it was, or to your statement, um, regarding help, does it, how does that help you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that everything helps you. I don't. I don't believe that it has to be. I don't. I don't. I don't think of stuff that way about my my being helped. I think of myself as just going through life. I'm in the flow. Help is almost incidental to, to me. I have normal emotions, but I don't see myself helping myself anyway. Maybe we needed to define that word. Maybe there's you know, there's some resistance to the word. Well, people have okay. resistance. Mm-hmm. Talking about me, Am I and no, I'm just talking in general. You know, when when I pose the question, "How does that help you?" You know, anybody, you should be able to answer that question for me. If you're going to make that your soapbox, you're going to stand on it. You're going to believe it. You're going to promote it. I'm going to ask you, and how has this helped you? Well, what's what's okay? Good. Let's go back to the definition of health then. Or help what why do i care well because you're i mean i would hope that in light of all this intelligence you know that we are elevating our consciousness we're not just you know burping out words to impress other people well i can advance an answer that will probably satisfy your question but i don't but i wouldn't give it any weight because i'm not looking at stuff because i want to help myself i'm looking at stuff just out of idle curiosity but it, but the byproduct is helping you. Curiosity is key because without it, you're not going to open yourself up for, you know, new theories. I can accept that, but why do I care? Well, you tell me. You're the reader. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> Are you and I in a revolving door here? I don't know. <laughs> Well, you know what I mean? You can't say, why do I care when you're the one that keeps reading everything? You're gobbling it up. Why? (laughs) I'm going to tell you why. All right. The reason why is because ultimately there's an innate hunger for the answer. And so some people become, you know, just obviously... Um, lifetime learners. We're looking, looking. I want to know. I want to know. We're looking for the answer. And so without knowing the answer, obviously there's of many books, there is no end. And too much study wearies the body. This is true because there's so many books on so many subjects from so many authors and we could read and read and read, but you may never land on the answer. You have a lot of knowledge, okay? You might be able to cite a lot of authors and a lot of theories, but you never land on the answer. And that's where consciousness comes in. We have to be conscious of the answer. And that's when we find our true happiness. To sit there and read a book in the corner your whole life and, you know, it's like now you got a library of stuff. Nobody cares. And I posted this earlier. It doesn't matter how much we know. If you've proven yourself ignorant of kindness, and even that needs to be defined. But, of course, it was a short little post. Well, 
I don't know. About what? <laughs> I, 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 um, I mean, I think it's okay. To, I mean, if we are just a bag of atoms, you know, I, I'd like to figure out how that works. Um, That's fine. I don't, I don't, I don't need to study the private life of medieval families, but I'm interested in science. Right. But yeah. I don't, but I don't complain about medieval yeah. families. No, no, no. That's that. That's not the point. The point is, whatever book is your fancy that you are drawing off of and that you absolutely love, it doesn't matter what you enjoy in that book. If I knock on the door and come into the room, and I say, "John, you want some coffee?" and you're like, "God, can you get out of here? Usually, I'm busy." Yeah, but if I listen to you tell me chapter and verse, then I have to suspend my disbelief of who you are to pick up your information. That's curiosity. I don't understand. What do you mean? Well, if I don't believe what you're telling me, I'm I saying I want to, to you. What do you mean? I just said I wanted to make you some coffee or do you want coffee? It was a simple no, I'm gonna, question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold a different plateau. I'm right. a different plateau. Okay, but I'm trying to bring it back down to earth. What I'm saying is that when we get caught up in the learning of it all, we lose sight of who we are in relation to it all. Well, how important is that? It, extremely, it's the answer. Isn't it kind of automatic? No, absolutely not. Look at our world. It is not automatic. People, I watch people be so hurtful all day long. And uh, comments on Facebook, I just sit there and go, oh, my God. You know, I mean, and I got to let it go. And I have to, you know, steer it in a different direction. But people don't see how their response is is revealing their heart, who they are. It's like I can literally, when, when people post things, I can see and hear their voice and feel their pain. But I can't reach out and say, okay, you know, and straighten them out or anything. It's just, this is where you are, where you are. And I can see it. I'm going to let that go. Keep going. Keep going. And, and this, again, has to do with an elevated consciousness. Just because we're educated, meaning, you know, uh, we have our, you know, we've been reading a lot of books, whatever. It literally doesn't mean that we are conscious of the operations of, of the human nature. How am I responding to you in this moment? How did you respond to the post or to me or to somebody else in this moment? That's what where... you're doing there. All that's hmm. doing is making me play some kind of a complex board game of life. And, you know, I'm that's boring for me. But it's not boring because the payoff is huge. And it's not boring and it's not calculated at all. You, you basically understand that love is the key. It's not calculated. It's not boring by any means to understand how humanity operates. How You're not having mind... you chase the Holy Grail? No. Uh -huh. Like, okay, for example, if you... We're just put me and you. If you are studying science and you're reading every scientific book and everybody's theory, what they came up with, this and that, 
And I don't, you know, I can't hold that conversation with you based on all of the stuff you've been reading. However, when we go out together, our, the difference in our behavior is blaringly clear. You know, you're a bag of hot air, always wanting to talk about the things that interest you in those things that nobody else is interested in. And I'm the one that's making people feel good, understanding, you know, what they're actually saying and communicating heart to heart. Because I'm not offending anybody. You're bad. What? You're bad. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> God. Let's get the divorce courts rolled up here. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, Why I am mean, I bad? It's not like you're a, you know, I mean, a standard issue faculty wife. I, I don't, it's, you know. Standard issue <laughs> faculty wife is what you just said. Yeah, no. Wow. <laughs> wow. Damn. <laughs> Go on, John. (laughs) Please explain. I get, I get that you're good at socialization, okay? And And you support that with talent that you have. I get all that, all right? But the, but also there's this archaeologist who's standing over in the corner who all he thinks about is, you know, the dig, yeah. In West Africa. Sure. That's all the poor bastard thinks about. Okay. And do I think I have an obligation in a way, if I'm going to be what you're describing, but I think I have an obligation to engage him as best I can in West Africa, in the dig. Tell me about the Maasai warrior. Do something. Bring the guy out of his thing. Go on. Okay. okay. But, but we're talking about two different things right here. Okay, it's one thing to show interest in somebody else's interest. You know, that's one thing. It's completely different to understand how to activate the magic of the universe. Well, yes, of course. Maybe we should give everybody Neil deGrasse Tyson's copy of Astrophysics for the People in a Hurry. I... I think that we can, what are you talking about anyway? Tell me. I'm talking about understanding the different facets of our behavior. Okay. Not just being social of our behavior as a whole, mind, body, and soul as a whole and how we operate every single day, moment to moment and how in making those choices, we either experience the magic of the world or we're just, you know, we're just, you know, checking out boxes. We're being nice. We're being cordial. We could be personable. We could be interested. We could share what we know in a book. This is all fine. It's fine. The key is when you get triggered. Well, and the trigger, and what happens when you get triggered? Oh, the overflow of the heart. This is when you lose it. So as long as everything is going smoothly, you know, we're okay. But if there's a trigger, big or small, that's when we show who we really are. 
So that just proves to me that you haven't taken control of the puppet. And if that's the case, I know you're dangerous. So I'm suggesting that we learn how to take control of our puppet and not and, and care less, literally less, like uh, and more about us than um, than our interest in the dig. All right. That's fine. But I still I'm still not getting a satisfactory to my thinking. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's talk about who I am mm -hmm. uh, here. Um, I'm perfectly capable of sitting down and looking at someone and seeing right through them with a smile on my face. If they just are hopelessly boring. Sure. Are you telling me that, that I'm supposed to be dealing with those people in some way? No. No, no. Not at all. Um, you know, if it's if you're in a position where you have to tolerate them for a while, right? You're at a function or something like that. And you, yeah. yeah, you're going to be respectable. I am. I am very respectable. There you I'm, go. I'm always invited back. I'm always invited back. That's all you know. That's, that's just it. So you're enacting that virtue. You're being respectable. But you can see right through them going, oh, my gosh. Clearly, I mean, boring or whatever. You don't trust them. And we're trying to become trustworthy. Well, I think they're wasting my time. A, well, but for, for what reason? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, really, <laughs> this, <laughs> this conversation cannot make me, I can't come out of this no other way but bad. No matter what's going on here. <laughs> it's a guaranteed John loses deal. Did you set this up? <laughs> No, you just keep leading me down the path. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's my yeah. mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you hear John Merrily? That John is such an elitist. <laughs> High-toned bastard. Oh. Who would ever want to meet him? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. But, I mean, but the reality is true. It doesn't matter where you're at, you know, in uh, on the social ladder, you know. It doesn't matter. We all have our opinion about other people, whether they're going to waste our time. We'd like them. We align or we don't. And in that instant, you're going to show up respectable if you respect yourself. At the very least, I love myself. I'm not going to be less than because you're less than. Well, I think it's a fundamental good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So right there, we're elevating the standard. I'm not going to allow myself to meet you where you are. You know, I, I won't. I'm going to maintain my standard. And then if you want to, you know, converse with me or hang out with me or join forces with me, you're going to have to elevate. Period. Well, okay. But I mean, the fatal flaw of science, I think, giving back to science for a minute, is, is that a good scientific hypothesis has to be somehow measurable. Has to be has to be able to figure it out, calculate it. And I, what I'm getting from you is that is that in a social context, you there's so much that you have to be aware of to be a good person that that's all you're thinking about. You know, well, I, well I you're rather, right, you're right because we've never had the um, we've never had the right education 
to put us on autopilot. So when, you know, you discover the game and now all of a sudden, oh my gosh, there's a map to be a good person, to be the person that I want to be, to, you know, to have the gift. It, you have to think about it all the time because who you are and your natural knee-jerk reactions are going to kick in before your memory of what you just read in that book. You know, so you really have to be committed. You have to be on it. And this is, you know, what I say is a lot of times you don't have a move. You just don't because your natural inclination to respond a certain way breaks all the rules. So you're like, well, I don't know what to say. And what I hear people saying, and this is, again, why I don't coach is because the, the defense is, but that's not what I meant. But you're not understanding. That's not what I meant. I understand very clearly. And I understand that it's not what you meant. What I'm trying to do is get you to say what you mean. And, hmm. uh, yeah. <clears throat> and that's not an, an easy, um, you know, transition. You have to be thinking about it all the time. You know, and it's it's every incremental change. Sounds you know, tiring. it's it's tiring, but the the benefit that's why the road is so narrow. It's so incredibly narrow. And this is why everybody else is just, you know, everywhere else because it's so much easier. You know, like for um Manipulation. Okay, so hmm, go ahead. Well, no, I mean, so uh, if I walk into uh, into um, the Seattle Art Museum, okay, mm -hmm. to an opening, to an opening, to an art opening, and the artist is there, uh, and the art, and the art, and from my perspective, the art on the wall is just junk. Okay. All right. Now, if I'm a reviewer, I get to write that it's just junk and get away with it. Mm -hmm. If I am a if I am a guest of the museum. I still think it's junk and the artist is there comes up and we talk what do you think of the art what do I tell him I'm curious it's, it's a curiosity curious? yeah it's a curiosity to me that's my way of skirting the issue no not at all that's he's going to say curious about what that's a natural response Curious what was going through your mind when you created it. Oh, okay. That's almost Socratic. All right. All right. It's okay. grace. It's gracefully being able to show interest in the artist and the respect for the human being. Even though the piece of art doesn't resonate with me, you know, I'm looking at it going, God, this is a piece of shit. Who put this up here? And it's like, oh, hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. This is your art, you know? And then it's like, yeah, what do you think? And it's like the graceful way out is just to tell the truth about the curiosity. What were you thinking? <laughs> did, did you buy your way in? Yeah, no. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I come from, yeah, I know. All right. No, no. I mean, it's just, it's really wonderful to be with you. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful adventure into grace. Um, but uh, um, I'm used to taking it a little harder than that. Yeah, I guess I could get used to you. I guess I mean really. I could. Well, um, you know, okay, it's it may seem like you know it's unrealistic perfection, 
right? But the way the game works is if you understand the concept, your number one priority is to maintain the king on the board. You don't want to lose that. And, and if you just take one concept at a time, I can't lose my king. I can't lose my king. I can't lose my king. It's going to be on the board because you understand how quickly you lose it. So going back to your example about, you know, at a party or whatever function and you're talking to this guy, you're going to be respectable. Okay. But he's already lost your respect. He doesn't know it. He has no clue. But you don't respect him. And that's how fast it goes. In every meeting, in any single time that or that we encounter somebody, you're going to, you are going to either move forward or you're going to lose your king right there, right there. There's something you said or did in that moment. It's just like, nope, sorry. That's how fast it is. And so if we extrapolate and take this over to dating, right, if we understand what the parameter is, people are telling you because you have that encounter on the phone. You don't just go meet people. You should have a conversation first. And if you understand what the parameter is, they're going to tell you exactly who they are in that conversation. I don't have to go any further with you. I already see how I'm going to be treated. I already know how you're going to behave. And pain is ahead. No, thank you. I don't trust you. Sorry. All right, then let's flip the story. Okay. I walk into the same art club, the same art opening, same museum, same thing. I walk in and I'm completely dazzled by what I see. Okay. Totally dazzled. It's, it's better than anything I've ever imagined in, in Paris or, or London or anywhere. It's the best I've ever seen. All right. Now what do I say to the guy or the woman? Well, what did he say to you? What do you think? spoken yet. Uh, they're, we're approaching each other and, um, and you know, we both got a drink and I'm sitting there and let's say I'm, a, I'm not an art critic. I'm with an art critic, but I'm not an art critic. But I'm just obviously taken. I could be a huge buyer. Who knows? Um, but how do I address the artist who I think is the best artist I've ever seen? Do I just tell them that? Or I just say, wow, it's pretty good stuff. Or, you know, tell well, me I'm sure, it. I'm sure he hears it all the time. Okay. So number one, um, don't intrude, intrude. You don't want to impose on people. You, if you are dumbfounded by this piece of art, you are overwhelmed. You're just thinking, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. You, Drink it in. That's the thing you could do for that artist is just sit there and admire it. And if you're approached by them and they ask you, so what do you think? Your eyes are going to say everything. You're going to look at them and just go, I'm overwhelmed. This is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. How did you do this? It's enough. They understand that you understand the passion that was put into that piece. What if the piece is uh, the guy drove his car over in his garage with a can of paint on the floor? You mean it's not good? You just said you no, loved it. No, it's fine. Okay. It just it is. It's really good, accepting that that's how he did it. He drove his car over back and forth a few times. In other words, does that make it illegitimate art? Am I crazy? Well, it's art, artistic. It's what, if you found value in it, then clearly there was value in the way he did it. Why are we judging how he did it if you are awestruck by the piece? 
That doesn't make sense. We can't discount it and say, well, but it doesn't really mean anything because you ran over it. But I do absolutely love it. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. It doesn't even make sense. No, you're dead right. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I know you are. I just tried you on. You're dead right. Oh, That's right. That's yeah. right. It doesn't make any difference. Art, spontaneous art is the same as art that takes years to figure out. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. That's that. Art is an expression. It's an expression of the soul. If you are trying to create anything at all, whether it be a book or a painting or a piece of music, whatever, if you're thinking, 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 thinking about it, it's not going to be the same as if you expressed it. Because we are love. We are the energy field. We're the creator. So it has to come from the heart. It has to be inspired from within to just let your hand move across the canvas. You know, your heart just, I mean, look at the way you're writing the book. It's just an expression. It just comes right out of you. Okay, but is there some kind of inflationary model in society where, where I have an obligation, public obligation to make people feel good? Do you have a public obligation to make people feel good? Mm-hmm. No, that's serving others first. That's so not- I got to make, 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 okay, go on. So, so I don't have, there's no obligation. There's no social obligation. Uh, there's no inflationary, let's call it an inflationary model where I, I don't have an obligation to inflate anything. I can take it right down the middle, no matter what. Okay. I'm not obligated to make you feel better. Am I? Um, assuming that I'm feeling bad. Well, I mean, any circumstance you want. Is my do I have an obligation to make well, you feel better? Okay, look at Emma earlier today at the coffee shop. She wasn't obligated to make that you know that girl feel good. She wasn't obligated. It just she was inspired to do something nice for somebody else, and so she did. But it's not her obligation to do that. I get okay, good. There is no obligation. No. There's no there's no obligation to make anybody do anything. No. So what drives so what is it then that drives us to do these things? The gift. And the gift is Well, we talked about we, that. We don't we, we, hmm. we <laughs> <laughs> That's a, from the marketing perspective, it's called Read Merrily's book. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Well, okay. <laughs> Okay, there's that gift. But no, what I'm talking about is your gift, the individual's gift. So every time that you are compelled to express yourself lovingly, you should do that. You should follow that instinct. Because every time you do, these, this, it's like it makes a crack in the negativity in, in the system. You know, it's like, what the heck's going on here? And that love can come back to you. And so then you receive a gift and we, we never know what it is, you know, how big it's going to be or how small it is, but you need to recognize it every time it shows up, you better recognize it. So you, right. you start paying more attention to your surroundings and you and your operation within this world rather than, you know, processes. Make sense. So, yeah, it makes sense. I, I'm, I'm just thinking of how you'd be vulnerable to contrivances from people as you're as you're um, focused on on um, 
how you should handle them and they're telling you who they are. Vulnerable to contrivances. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So the better at the game that you get, the, the more you start to understand your operation. What other people do is incidental. It doesn't matter. It literally uh-huh. doesn't matter. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh boy. Okay. They're getting to my arena again. Okay, come on. What? Okay, so now <laughs> what happens is you, you, there, there is no fear. There's no manipulation. You don't have to control your surroundings. You don't have to be on guard. You don't have to, you know, there's none of that. You're literally free to set flight and not worry about what other people are doing at any time. So if they have ill intentions toward you, right? If they're contriving, if they're, they're manipulating you for some whatever gain, that's going to become very evident the more practiced you are. You can see it a mile away. And they don't even know. They don't even know they're coming and you can see it. Yeah. Yeah, my phrase was I could spot bullshit from a thousand yards. Right. That's uh, that's what we used to say in the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um so, mm-hmm. um, but then you but then you want to be condescending at that point, you know. Then when you see them coming and they're willing to waste your time willfully, steal from you, abuse your time and abuse your money, why do I have an obligation to be nice to them? We've already established there is no obligation. Let's throw them off the lot. Well, there's no obligation to be nice. That's not the obligation to them. The obligation and the benefit is to you because that's the devil coming in testing you again testing your loyalty see literally if you you know toss them outside or whatever like that what you're doing is you're behaving in this same for same you don't want to do that you want to elevate okay so there's a more graceful way to do that you know call somebody in and tell them that call uh, 911 well you know have somebody escort them out yeah you know, I appreciate your time. You know, hey, Johnny, would you mind escorting him out? Make sure he gets out safely. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Meryl, you're so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a lot more fun to pull the weenie out of the button. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's always love always wins. And and the motivation, the obligation is to yourself because every time you overcome that test, the gift is given. And, and, and I'm telling you, oftentimes it's immediate. And if nothing else, it, it elevates your vibration because you're so damn proud of yourself. So when you're proud of yourself, you know, you're elated, you're happy, happy. And that elevates, you know, your vibration. And then, obviously, you bring more things. You attract. Become a magnet. It's I all had about... a customer one time. Huh. was being chased by the police. Literally chased by the police. Uh-huh. He was that bad. He ran into my office. I knew him. And, um, and he threw me the keys to his car. <laughs> and asked me if I had a couple of bucks. And the cops were running up the street after him. Uh-huh. And... Um, they got him. They put him. I mean, he took off and he went to jail and everything else. But I ended up with his car. What? And, um, yeah. How? Just 
because he threw me the keys to his car. He didn't want to. He didn't want to, you know, lose his car, and he didn't want to be shaken down by the cops and see his car keys. Mm. And he was an absolute crook. He was abandoned first first water. Uh, and I I I know some of those guys. And and uh, yeah, so he runs to my office to toss me the keys to his car. Well, his car was a six hundred Mercedes. Mm-hmm. So now I've got a six hundred Mercedes. And this guy's in jail. He's not talking. I've got the title to his car, in his car. Mm-hmm. I gave it to my lawyer. And my lawyer and I drove it around for a while. I got drunk and had fun. And then... Um... <laughs> okay. I mean, I mean, it's like, you know, I wasn't thinking about Merrily then, or the game, or how I danced with this guy. That's right. But I mean, if I... <laughs> so the question becomes, now that you do know me, what would you think about? Oh, <laughs> well, I, um, well, it was, it was, it was too fast. The time was too fast. So I couldn't think about it. Uh, it was too quick. He was, he was on the run, literally on the run. I know. But Being what trained. I'm saying is that, you know, it was what you did after the fact, you know, what he did is incidental. It doesn't matter. Whatever. He threw the keys at you. You have keys to this car in your hand with title. And you did what you did because you didn't know Marilee back then. So the question becomes what would you have done today or what will you do today now that you do have Marilee? Well, I'd have probably done some civic thing with it. Something that's just wonderful to help humanity and go forward. You know? What do you think? Uh, okay, what do I do right now? What would Marilee do? I might. That's a that's a possibility. I'd, I'd say I'm going to call Mary Lee and give her ride this long black car. <laughs> oh gosh! I just I, I well I kid about it because you know I have people literally telling me that it's like what would Mary Lee do right now? <laughs> it's so cute, you know. But it's wonderful because we're we're literally trying to take responsibility back and and say how would love handle this. What am I supposed to do? And when you really start to test yourself, you're like, oh, my God, do I know what love is? What am I supposed to do right now? Why do I have to project love to this guy? He's abandoned. He's a total crook. I mean, he trusted me to do something with his car. Okay, so but, okay, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's, let's look at this a little more closely. Okay, if he's a crook, who he is and what his past was and what he's done and what's going to happen has nothing to do with you. Has nothing to do with you. The only that's why thing... I wasn't arrested. Yeah, good. Huh? That's right. Yeah, okay. That's why I was not arrested. Yeah, right. He's the one I got arrested. That okay. Day. So you know we don't have to attach ourselves to his story. It's he's, it's neither here nor there. The only thing the only thing that's new in your life is this car. Yes. This is change. This immediate change in your life. You now have a six hundred. Yep. Yeah. So it, our opinion of the guy is neither here nor there. Crook, but not I a still, crook. But I, I mean, he. do I have an obligation now to, to covet and, and to take care of this car for this guy for the next, for as long as he's in prison? No. Absolutely not. No. No. But you, you see, you I didn't. I, I didn't he, do anything. I gave it to my lawyer. I said, you take care of this. Okay. I don't want to talk to this thing. Right, but that's that's literally a knee-jerk fear reaction. Look, I don't want to touch it. I, that guy's a crook. I don't want anything to do with this stuff. Take it. Okay, fine. That's fine. But in reality, it's just a car. It has a pink slip, and you have keys. 
this guy, we don't know what he did. You're calling him a crook. I have no idea what he did. Maybe he's not a crook. Maybe the justice system is being unfair. I really don't know his story. So we don't need to judge it. We don't need to judge it. He's probably thinking to myself, oh my gosh, they've got me. I'm going to jail. And I don't want, you know, these guys to have my car. So he's just going to, you know, here, take it. Take it. Doesn't even ever want it back. But he doesn't want them to have it. Because what the what the police don't know is that he ever owned it, that there was a, a pink slip in it, that he gave you the keys. He's just saving his car, saying, here, you take it. Johnny Carbone did the same thing. Um, only it was a yacht. I am. Um, so, yeah. So I take the car. I take the boat, whatever it is. Um I, I, I mean, I, I need to, I need to have. If you're going to be in that place, you need to have a certain amount of Teflon on your back. And well, I don't want to suck up that stuff, you know. Get it what off do you me. mean? Well, I don't want to be tagged with. I, you're calling it a knee-jerk decision to just give it to my lawyer. Because you don't want to be tagged with anything. You don't want responsibility. That's right. That's right. I don't. Okay. I, when it's it. obviously bad like that, I mean, it was not nothing good could come out of that other than. I had a car, you know, that I didn't know what to do okay, with. But, okay, wait, 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 wait. Nothing good could come out of it. We're almost up on time, but nothing How good. How do you know that? Because I, I can see it on my phone. <laughs> 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 okay, and because I have another appointment. Okay, so <laughs> what did come out of it? You gave your attorney all the stuff. What came out of it? Uh, he finally covered, he finally uh, converted the car himself because he was charging the, the guy's storage for the car. So finally, the car became uh, a bill. There was a bill against the car for storage, and so the 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 car ended up ended up in the belonging to the attorney. Okay, that's what happened. Okay, so we went the long way around because attorney doesn't know what uh, he doesn't know what to do with it. He's got the paperwork. He's got the pink slip. So he's going to put it in storage because now he feels that he has the responsibility to hold on to this car for this quote unquote crook. And that when he comes back, he'll have the car, but then it became too long. So now we have to start charging you. It's too long. We don't know where you are. It's because the guy gave you the car, but you never thought about that. You thought of it as an obligation, a responsibility. He's a crook. You put a negative connotation on there. And in the end, the attorney got the car. Nothing good could come out of it. It absolutely did. <laughs> he got a free car, a 600 Mercedes, to be exact. Mm -hmm. So something yeah. good did come out of it. It was the thought process that was wrong along the journey. Well, but ill-gotten goods are ill-gotten goods, don't you think? How is it ill-gotten? The guy threw his keys at you. How is that ill-gotten? It was well. It was part of his portfolio, I think. His portfolio was probably generally bad. No, I, 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 you're making assumptions. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't say his portfolio probably was. We don't know that. We don't know right. any of these things. It's our fear that plugs all the holes with with you know our own deduction that has no truth in it whatsoever. The bottom line is you weren't going to get hurt. 
The attorney wasn't going to get hurt. You just got a new car. And I mean, what, what did you do that was ill gotten? Nothing. You didn't ask for the keys. You didn't steal it. Okay, babe. You didn't do anything. It wasn't ill gotten. It was left in your care. All right. Yeah. 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 I should have kept the car. You should have kept the car. Yeah. Absolutely. Should have kept the car. And then, right, you should have kept the car. And then after a certain amount of time, just like the attorney was paying for the storage, just enjoy the car. And after a certain period of time, if you don't want to drive the car anymore and it doesn't look like this guy's coming back and you have the pink slip, sell it. Yeah. It wasn't black. It was gold. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, thank you for that story. I enjoyed it very much. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, I got to go. I got to get my next call. (laughs) I love you. I love you, too. I'll see you. Bye. Bye. Bye.